Well, thank you. Well, I know how much effort you put in, you know, to looking as good as you do, so I thought I'd try and match it. And uh, we've given up ironing in our house, so this is what was left. Uh, no, thank you so much, Carl. I also want to uh, say uh, a, a hello to David Dodwell. I just want to say, David, he's uh, not been well this week. He's not able to be with us. David, we love you. We thank God for you and all that you do uh, to serve our church family. And uh, we're just saying, get well soon in Jesus' name. That was a blessing um, and a prayer. Can I hear an amen to that? Um, if you're here for the first time, you've not heard me preach, I do go uh, much quicker the more amens I hear. Um, That's just how it works. It's a dynamic of the kingdom. Um, So I just encourage you um, with that. Now, um, not quite quite a year ago, I was dressed kind of like this. And uh, I was in the back of our property, the back of our garden. And at the back of our property, there had been, for more than two years, a wasteland. What I mean is that it was like a local tip but just at our property. So we would just throw things there. The reason was we were saving money and we were waiting for uh, kind of upgrading it and creating a space that we could really enjoy being in. And at the back of this property, um, there I was. I was working about this time last year. The sun was shining, I remember, and I was shifting a three-meter-long piece of uh, railway sleeper. I don't know, maybe have you seen those? Uh, and, uh, and so I was moving this railway sleeper, and then a noise uh, came, a familiar, in fact, probably one of my favorite little voices came through the gap in the fence, because we love our neighbors, and there's, uh, there was no gap in the fence. They, we could kind of share gardens. And, and he's about this tall, and, and he stands there watching me move this sleeper. He doesn't offer to help, little blighter, but he, he just stands there. He goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm building And I thought maybe that might satisfy his curiosity, then I could get on, because it was quite heavy. And he goes, what are you building? And I looked at him with such a sweet face, right? I looked at him and I said, well, I'm building a patio. What's a patio? Well, what it is, I'm going to put some slabs down uh, in this area and create a nice space where, you know, we can sit. It'll be really nice. And next time we have a barbecue, you can come over and we can use it together. And he goes, why? (laughs) Now, there's a question. Why? And I thought I could keep this conversation going, but I thought I'd cut to the chase, right? So I said, why? Because Bethany is getting married. Ah, you see, because of this stupid virus, instead of having a big celebration in the field as Bethany got married last summer, instead of all the huge celebrations in a big tent in a big field, we were reduced to having a wedding reception in our on in our property outside. So now was the time to get ready, and it was hard work, and it was expensive. But we built this patio at the back because Bethany was getting married. So we could have a couple of families get together and celebrate the most important day in our family for years. That is why I want to ask you the same question. I want you to imagine that I'm that little boy and hopefully not as irritating. He's not irritating. He's lovely. (laughs) He might be watching. Just you're fantastic. It's to say... What are you building? Why? That's just the message today. I could kind of sit down, but I'm going to extrapolate a little bit more. As I'm surrounded by the stuff of a building site, 
I just want us to think about this. Now, before we go any further, I do want to assume that you're a builder because you might be a breaker. There are plenty of people in this world today that are breakers. Do you know what I mean? People, they're the, the kind of sofa cynics, the armchair critics, the people who sit, you know, the passive politicians. What I mean by that, and maybe you'll, maybe you'll like that. Maybe some of you at home, you're sitting on the sofa, and you might be thinking, oh, that camera wasn't in the right position. Oh, I don't know. I, don't, I think I'd do that better, don't you? Oh, I'm not sure about that. And then big decisions, policies, uh, politicians, they speak, and, and they do what they can to lead the country. And maybe you're one of those. You'll do nothing about it, but you'll gladly share your opinion. You know what I mean? We're talking about demolition experts. There are people in this world, sometimes, sadly, there are even people who are kind of Christians, but instead of building something, they actually just break things down. You see, this, this prize-winning, a wonderful piece of art, I mean, this is an amazing bit of construction, right? This thing took five minutes to build, right? But in just a second... That was less than five milliseconds. It's destroyed. And this, I mean, it kind of destroyed itself, really. But look, to break something down is so easy. So easy. I want to say to you, if, if you're more of a breaker than a builder, then this message really isn't for you. Because some of the things I'd like to say to you, we don't have time. I'd rather speak one-to-one. But I'm telling you that God made you to build, not just to break down. Yes, sometimes there's a time for clearing ground. But if you've taken the posture of being a sofa cynic, if that's what's happened during the pandemic, I think the Lord would want to challenge you. But I want to speak really primarily to people who are building something. I want to say, if you are building, what are you building? With your life, with your time, with your talents. What are you building? And why? And how? And what with? That's what we're going to look at today. Now, last month, I stood kind of over there and was talking, and the message was, unless the Lord, it was from the Psalms, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers are wasting their efforts. The workers, now, so the implication, and as I explained a couple of weeks ago, the context of that is a group of people who were building. It wasn't they were going to sit back, and well, unless the Lord builds this patio, then, um, then it's not, no, 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 with brick in hand, saying, unless the Lord builds the house, then this, this work I am going to do is a waste of time. Uh, and when it comes to career and family and building a home and building a future, we are still called to build. The question is, that what are we building? Uh, and why are we building that? I believe that's a, a big question. We're going to look at that this week, and we're going to look at it a bit more next week. But I want to ask you, uh, are you building something that is temporary or eternal? Do you know, after um, we'd finished the patio, after the wedding, we realized um, that hopefully that the pandemic was going to end at some point, and Bethany and Theo were going to want to come back and stay as a married couple. Now, single beds are uncomfortable, right? Um, so, as in for two people. So, it's best that, so we, we decided to redecorate a room uh, in our house. And so I, I found myself taking wallpaper off the wall that I put on about 11 years ago. And a thought occurred to me, it was just there temporarily. Now, when I did it, I thought I was decorating the room. Wow, look at that. That's great. But it was for a child. Now, I had to take that down and replace it for an adult. Uh, do you know, most of the things that we do, they can feel like they're just temporary. What was the point of that? 
But I want to explain to us and explain to you at home. Do you know that the things we do with our hands and our time and our money can stand firm and last. They can be eternal in their nature. Now, if you've got a Bible with you, you might want to turn with me to 1 Corinthians. Now, the Apostle Paul uh, is in, in one of the passages I've just loved to preach so much over the years. Um, it begins with talking about the effect and the influence of different leaders, himself and Apollos. And they were planting churches, building ministries, welfare programs for the poor. They did all sorts of stuff. And I'm going to pick this up. And I've preached very often on verse 9. For we are both God's workers. This is him and Apollos. And verse 9, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Okay, so quite often uh, I've talked about what it means to be God's field. Even last year, I think, we looked at being a field. What kind of field are we? We're good soil. But I want to look at this whole idea of building. You are God's building. Now listen to this from verse 10 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Because of God's grace to me, I've laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. So let's just pause there. Paul is a builder. He's building. What is he building? He's building leaders. He's building churches. He's building ministries in a time of famine that would give finances to those who needed food. He was building a business as a tent maker that could be of benefit to the kingdom. He, you know, he's, he was a stitcher. He, he stitched leather. He, so he was building a lot, all right? So verse, back to verse 10. Now others are building up, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. Verse 11, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. So he says that we, we, can, we are building, and our building, and you'll see, our building is significant and has potential if we are building on the foundation of Jesus Christ. So we begin at the foundation level And we say, and I hope you can say, I hope everyone at home, I hope you can say, do you know what, the one thing I know about what I'm building, the beginning to the answer to the question, what are you building, the, the question is, where are you building? Well, actually, I'm building on Jesus. And if you can't say that, I'm telling you, you're wasting your life. You are wasting your time, wasting your energy. If you're building on your own abilities, building on your own preferences, if you're building on your emotions, if you're building on societal trends, if you're building on technology, uh, you might want to, you can build technology on Jesus, but it begins with Jesus. Can I hear an amen? If if you're, you're wasting your time and your effort, if you're not building on the foundation that is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I could sit down there, but I won't. Verse 12, anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay or straw. Listen to this. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. Now, the Apostle Peter talked about the fire in the end. Paul talked quite often. Jesus talked about a fire in the end. And it's the language of a cleansing fire, okay? This is not just the first time and the only time this appears in the New Testament. Listen to this, verse 14. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. Listen to this. It is possible in this life, 
on the foundation of Jesus for you and I to build something that will last. Isn't that encouraging? That when the fire comes and cleanses and gets rid of all the, you know, horror, some, some of the horrible graffiti is washed from the walls, you know, all, all the disease is cleansed from the earth. Um, but when, when, there is, when, when the fire comes and cleanses, some things will stand. Some work will stand. That's really good news. That means I, I don't need to waste my days, right? Because I could be involved on building on Christ. I could be involved in building something that stands when the fire comes. I just find that so encouraging. Listen to this. But if the work is burned up, the builders will suffer great loss. That's in the New Living Translation. It describes this idea of regret, of grief. So it's possible, and then he says, the builder will be saved. That's grace, okay? That I'm not talking here about losing salvation. I'm talking about you could be, you could, he says, look, you'll be, um, the builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. You won't be burned up by the fire because Jesus' grace covers you. But do you know what? Your life's work could. Is that a challenge for anyone here? Or is it just me? I might escape the flames because of Jesus, but do you know what? I could have spent my life on building something that gets burned up as worthless in the end. Wow. Sorry, this isn't a comfortable word today. I'm sorry. You just wanted to sit back and just feel nice. I'm saying, what are you building? Why? Then he says this in verse 16. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God? and that the Spirit of God lives in you, God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. God's very protective of his church, the temple. Very protective. And we are the temple of God. We are the eternal people of God. That's not because we're special, it's because of what Jesus has done. Because we build on the foundation, then actually we're part of the temple of God. Wow, it's amazing. The church. 2,000 years after these words are written, we're part of that very large extended temple. We're drawn here. I can see around the room so many different nationalities and backgrounds brought together in the church. Hallelujah. And those who are home multiplied around. We're from all different nations and we are the temple of God. The question still stands, though, for us personally. This is where Paul is going. What are you building and why? It's possible that we could get this right or we could get this wrong, yes? And what matters is, is where, what we build on, that's really important. What we build with is really important. But also what we build for, the reason why. I'm going to talk a bit more next week about who we build with, because that is really important as well. But today's message is really personal. It's about how you and I spend our time and our energy and our talents. What are you building? What are you building and why? You see, uh, as we were praying uh, before the service started, uh, Johnny, one of our team, was saying, just feel that we need to understand that now God is the architect, if you like, and now we're we're the builders. We're We're the ones with the bricks in our hands. We're the ones with the time that he's given us. We're the ones with the talent that he's given us. And what we do with that really matters. And and maybe we ask ourselves a question after we've done something, why did I do that? Why did I do that? 
Maybe you've had a job experience, and actually, you think at the end, why did I do that? Why did I work there? And it feels like it's wasted. Where did I do that? For whom did I do that? Well, if you've got a quick answer, when, I, when, when I'm my neighbor, what are you doing? What are you building? If you've got a quick answer to that, brilliant. I would encourage you, never lose sight of that. If you know the answer to that question, it doesn't make, you know, you're not kind of a, a better Christian. It just means you might be further down the road than some of the people around you. I'm just saying, if you know the answer to that, God bless you. He's shown you. Don't lose sight of why you're on the planet because he wants you to do your work. But if your question to that isn't so clear, you might be thinking, Lord, give me a revelation. This is my prayer. If you're asking today, what's the point of this? Then then I want to say, I'm praying that God would give you a personal revelation of, of what you can build with the talents, with the relationships, with the family that he's given you, with the, the connections he's given you. What, what can you do with what God's given you? And we just ask him, Lord, show me. This is a season when we need to know. We don't want to waste a single day. And of course, the great thing is that if we know that we want to build something that will last, we don't have to hurry it. We don't have to rush. We don't have to panic. I've got to do it. You know, we're always rushing around, aren't we? Actually, no, I'm building for eternity. That might mean that some of the stuff that I start building now might need to carry on in eternity. When the earth is cleansed, some of the work's going to continue, yes? I'm so glad we're not going to end up on a cloud for all eternity just singing Matt Redmond songs. I mean, I love Matt Redmond, but, you know, there's more to eternal life than that. We're going to have work to do. You see, the earth is going to be renewed, The earth is going to be renewed, you know, with plants, with raw materials, with created order, with things to do with our hands. The earth is going to be renewed after the fire has come and cleansed it. And I want to encourage you to build on Christ and build for the kingdom. I finished a book yesterday, and the the timing of this was really amazing. You know, when you're reading something, and then all of a sudden it comes together, I think, I've got to just share this with you. Uh, The book is called Garden City. And it says, Work, Rest, and the Art of Being Human by a guy called John Mark Comer. Really, really good. And it just so happened, as I was finishing the book yesterday, he gets onto the subject that I'm speaking on this morning. Nice of him to just coordinate that, wasn't it? And uh, he's quoting the great author N.T. Wright in a brilliant book called Surprised by Hope. And he's talking about uh, this. And let me just read this to you, and it will come up on the screen. What you do in the present by painting, preaching, singing, sowing, praying, teaching, building hospitals, digging wells, campaigning for justice, writing poems, caring for the needy, loving your neighbor as yourself, will last into God's future. These activities are not simply ways of making the present life a little less beastly, a little more bearable until the day when we leave it behind altogether, as the hymn so mistakenly puts it, They are part of what we may call building for God's kingdom. And this is what John Mark Comer says. I love that language, building for God's kingdom. We can't build the kingdom, only Jesus can do that, but we can build for the kingdom. We can make bricks and God, the master builder, can find a way to enfold them into his masterpiece. I love that. And he mentions the masterpiece. And you know, the masterpiece in Ephesians is also written by Paul, Ephesians 2.10. He says that we're part of God's masterpiece of the church, that we were created for good works. 
not for good thoughts. Can I hear an amen? amen. We were not just created for, for, for good thoughts, for good being. He makes a point in this book, this idea that we're human beings, not doings. It's not even biblical as an idea. We, we, we breathe. That's, a, you know, that's an act. That's a verb. <laughs> Our heart beats. That's a verb. It's, it's a doing thing. We can't be human beings without doing. So the question is, what are we doing with what he's given us? Now, I'm all for the contemplative. I'm all for time for sitting and doing nothing. You know, I think it's really, really good. But let's face it, most of our times we're sat at a desk. We've got a classroom full of children or a Zoom screen full of children. Uh, we've got a patient in front of us. We've got someone we're caring for. We've got someone that's looking to us to help them. We've got roads to build. We've got a building site to be on. I do know, I've realized I should have worn this high-vis jacket I didn't really do a proper risk assessment on that, sorry. Um, it, I just feel, I feel bad. So sorry to the trustees for not risk assessing that properly. But, but seriously, whatever we're doing, I wonder if we can realize we can do it for the kingdom. Yeah. Now, you can't, you can't produce pornography for Jesus, okay? You can't embezzle funds for Jesus. There are some things you can't do, but, but most of the things we're involved in, we can either do it for ourselves or we can do it for the kingdom and I want to encourage you in what you do for the kingdom I want to talk briefly just for a couple of minutes as we come into land about two things I want to talk about the gift day and I want to talk about Mondays first the gift day you see we're here in this building and broadcasting from this building because of a little boy I remember a few years ago maybe 14 15 years ago he came with a jar a sweet jar full of coins and that was, he'd been saving, I, I don't know what for, for a bike, or I, don't know, I don't even know what it was. And on the gift day, he brings this sweet jar full of coins. He says, this is for the wellspring. While this land was still desolate and just a wasteland, and he brings his jar. We're here because of a gift day. And I remember hearing another story of a wellspring, actually not that long ago, maybe three or four years ago, when we... I started raising funds so we could pay the architects to refine the, the plans that we've got now. And she said during the gift day, she felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to give an amount of money she didn't actually have at that point. Within one week, she told me, she came to me, she said, in tears. She said she got a refund, like a tax refund, that she wasn't expecting, that was £10 less than what she'd pledged. So she said, well, I know what to do with that when that came through the same week. Totally unexpected. I just, it's incredible. I, I want to say that, that this is what matters to me as a leader of this church family. This is what matters. It's not so how much we raise, but how many people are involved in this. I want to say, let's all be part of it. Next Sunday for the gift day, let's show God that we're building. And we can say with our one pound, honestly, if that is a sacrificial gift for you, if that's what the Holy Spirit put, please, it is, it is enough. <laughs> Can I hear an amen to that? It's enough. And my prayer and desire is that whether you're watching this in Northampton or New Zealand, or whether you're here in the room, that actually you'll be part of this. And as Wellspring Church family, we will say, do you know what? I'm going to do this. I am building for the kingdom. And one day, we might not even meet the people down the road. Some people may say thank you to people they've never even met before to say thank you for that one pound, hallelujah. So please don't consider it for someone else. This is for you, it's for all of us. 
Let's all pray this week. Take time to listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't give under pressure. That's what Paul said. But he also was really good at asking people to put their finances in line with the kingdom. So whatever he tells you, just do it, and you'll be blessed as you do it. Blessed in the enjoyment of being part of building for the kingdom. So finally, I want to say about Monday. I've said about the gift day. Now I want to talk about Monday, about what you and I will do this time tomorrow. I simply want to encourage you to say, do it for the kingdom. That actually, if there's a question, why are you, what are you doing? Do you know what? I'm sorting out planning uh, permission applications, but do you know what? I'm doing it for the kingdom to make Watford a better place. When there's someone that you're caring for and for the umpteenth time you're changing, changing them and washing them, then you can actually say, do you know what? This makes the world a better place because how I wash this person, I can do it for the kingdom. Please hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's not a condemning voice. It's an invitation for every single thing you and I do. It's an invitation to do it for the kingdom. Do you know what? The patio was finished. It was a lot of hard work. It was more expensive than I would have preferred. But probably a bit cheaper than a tent in a field for a wedding, actually, come to think of it. But there was a wedding celebration. Oh, it was amazing. And on this beautiful patio, we laughed. There was dancing. There was celebration. How much more can you and I build for the ultimate wedding, for the ultimate celebration, when Jesus and his bride, the church, come together in the most amazing celebration? I lovingly invite you to consider what you do and what you're building and say, please, when all the rubbish is burned away, let's build in such a way that what we've built with our lives stands firm. Amen.